So today we begin a new series simply called The Table. And uh, I have here, right beside me, uh, a table for those who are listening online. Some t- I have some, uh, some church members who, who uh, they'll just d- listen, maybe while they're on the treadmill or whatever. So imagine that there's, uh, to my right, uh, is a table, and it's decorated with all kinds of stuff, and it's got a big loaf of bread on it. So why am I talking um, in this series about a table? And this, so you know, this table uh, series is, will be four weeks long, and um, the reason why we're talking about a table is because, well, really, to be blunt, God told me to talk about the table. And so as, as I talk about this table over the next four weeks, you're going to be able to get an idea of what it is about. So the last four months of 2021, um, we have experienced um, within you know, our family uh, just some hardships with relationships. And um, some of you guys know that story. Some of you do not. We're not really going to go in, in, into that. But through that, we experienced lots of, lots of hardships through that. And um, the thing that kept coming back to me and Suzanne both is the word table. And not only in our prayer life, but in our conversations with people and in the books we were reading and literally just devotionals, just daily devotionals that would kind of pop up and people would share things um, to us just at random. It would often lead back to what is the table. So what is the table? So the main passage of Scripture, and it's just one verse, the main passage of Scripture for this entire series is found in the great psalm, Psalm 23. And so our main passage of Scripture for today is actually going to be in a different section of the Bible. But this verse right here, Psalm 23, 5, says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And so... The, the, the people or the, or the friends or whatever that just kind of, we have this issue with, they're, they're not our enemies. We know that. We love them. And you may have had an experience in your life where you have had some friends or even an ex-spouse or, or whatever have just come um, into your life and has started to do things in your life that you're like, okay, where did that come from? And so I hope this Uh, message today speaks to you uh, through that, whatever situation you could be facing. And so, just like the people who we had this this situation with and the people in your lives, they are not the enemy. But the spirit behind their actions is really the enemy. So, when it says, God says, prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies, we're not talking about God's people. We're not talking about the people who created. We're talking about the, the spirit or the action behind what people may do, may say, may spread, whatever it is in your life, whatever you experience. And so this table, literally when Suzanne and I would come before God, it would be this actual table, but the table of God, the table of his word, the table of prayer. And so as we come, as we, um, through this season, through this season, as, um, as we have, uh, we're, we're going through this time, we 
spend a lot of time in prayer, and that was coming before the table of God, whether it be prayer or his word. And so this, um, this table taught us three things. In my, in, my, in my opinion, this table taught us three things. And it could be something that, that God could teach you as well as you go through situations in your life. Number one, the table provides proper focus. The table provides proper focus. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. As, this, as the word table kept coming to our minds through scripture, through devotionals, through other people, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want a table. I want something stronger against my enemies, right? It's like, well, maybe I can throw a dinner roll at them or, or something. I don't know. But the table was something that I, we were trying to figure out, okay, Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to say? You keep leading us to the table. What are you trying to say? And God was trying to say this. Look, I want you to have the proper focus during this season. I want you to have the proper focus during this season. You see, what we learned is this. While you are focusing on your enemies, or while we were focusing on our enemies, God was focusing on us. While you want to focus on your enemies, God wants to focus on you. And he can't do that if you are focused on your enemies. And the best way he can focus on you is to sit down at a table. Because you see, when you sit down at a table, you, you, you talk face to face with the person you should be sitting with. Now, I know this day and age, you go to a restaurant, a lot of people are just looking at their phones, which is really sad. But if you're sitting at a table, and especially if you're sitting in a, in a nice, elegant table, fine dining, you should be looking at the people in front of you. And you should be having conversations with them. And so that's what God wants to do. That's, that's the first lesson we learned from the table. We wanted to focus on our enemies, but God's like, no, 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 no. No, don't look to them. Look to me. I want you to focus on me. I know you want to focus on your enemy, but don't focus on them. Focus on me. He's, he's not instructing you. At this table, he's not giving you instructions on how to get back to the enemy for what they may have done. He just simply wants to get your attention and your focus in the proper location, and that is with you and him alone. So that's one of the things we learn about the table of God. The second thing we learn about the table of God is that the table provides strength. You can't face the enemy without strength from the table. Much like an athlete needs to have nourishment before facing a game, you and I, we need to have strength. We need to have, we need to have spiritual nourishment in order to face, become face-to-face -face with the enemy. A lot of times we try to face the enemy without proper nourishment from the Holy Spirit, from God's word, through prayer, through time with him. We try to do it in our own strength. And guess what? We will fail. And I'm going to be honest with you. There were times over the last four months of 2021 that, that I wanted to try to do things on my own strength. And God's like, no, Frank, no, no, no. Come to the table. Come to the table. You will be nourished. Come to the table for nourishment, for strength. I want to strengthen you. Maybe God's telling you, 
Don't, don't try to fight enemies. Don't try to fight the enemies. And again, it's not people. It's the spirit behind the people. Don't try to fight your enemies without proper nourishment, without strength, because the table provides strength. And the biggest strength you can find is in God's word. We found many passages of scripture in God's word. For instance, I'm going to read just a few. They'll be on your screen. In Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We found that the joy of the Lord was our strength. To choose joy and to be able to say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That verse, among many verses, was an incredible strength and spiritual nourishment for us while we went through this trying time. And while you go through trying times, there's verses like that. Here's another one, Joshua 1, 9. You've heard some of these. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Can I tell you how many times it's, it was easy to be discouraged? As, as, as the battle raged on and on and on to and our, and our energy waned. Go, as, 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 as we went to, the, to God's word, I encourage you to go to God's word for strength. And last one, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Knowing that God's power and, and God's promises in his word are there for spiritual nourishment at the table of God. So come to the table. It gives proper focus. It gives you strength. It provides strength. And third, the table provides rest. God longs for you to rest at his table. When the enemy is attacking, you will need to find a place to rest. Why? Here's a, here's a reason why. This is important. The enemy's attacks are constant. They are constant. They don't need breaks. The spiritual enemies, they don't need breaks. And you will want to do the same. It's your natural tendency. Well, if these attacks keep coming and keep coming and keep coming, guess what? I'm going to keep going after it, going after it, and going after it. And let me tell you, your, your strength will fail if you keep going after it without proper rest, without resting in him. The enemy knows that. He wants you to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with him through the constant battle as it's raging on and on. He knows you can't stand, you can't sustain that. You weren't created for that. But your enemy also knows about the table that God has prepared for you in their presence. He doesn't want you to notice it, so the battle intensifies. Know this about the enemy. He knows that while you rest at the table, God will fight your battle. This is the reason why you sit at the table for rest. 
while you sit and recline at the table. There's lots of places in Scripture in, in the New Testament where Jesus said he reclined at the table. Even Jesus rests. When you are resting at the table of God and you say, I, 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 I can't face that battle today. Guess what? God's like, I got you. I got you. I will fight the battle for you. God can't fight the battle for you if you're not resting at the table, if you're not reclining at the table of God. So the table provides rest for your soul. The enemy tried many times in our family to continue to be constant in battle. And there were many times this is on and I were like, we can't do it. <laughs> and there were many people praying for us, many people in this room and watching online as well. But I encourage you to rest at the table of God. Yeah, there will be times you'll need to face a battle, absolutely. But you can't face it constantly. You have got to rest at the table. So the table provides proper focus. The table provides strength through his word. The table provides rest. So that's what the table is about. When, 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 God, when, when God said through David, through the psalm, the enemy prepares a table for you. I mean, if God prepares a table for you in the presence of his enemies, that's what this is about, a table that provides proper focus, a table that provides strength, and a table that provides rest. I can imagine that the table of God is an amazing, incredible spread before us. And surely, I mean, I thought, I used to think, surely this table is on some sort of mountaintop with breathtaking views. As I've read this passage many, many times, and you may have as well, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I imagine it's, it's this incredible view outdoors where God has prepared this table. There's one special place in Asheville, North Carolina, where Suzanne and I, we, we love to visit. Uh, it's called Grove Park Inn. It's a luxurious resort on top of a mountain. Now, we've never stayed there because it's very pricey, but we, you could just eat there. You take, get reservations, and, and you can have dinner there. And we have enjoyed the amazing views a few times since visiting the first time on our honeymoon. And I used to think that the table God prepared for me in, in the presence of my enemies was something like the scenes from Grove Park Inn, a luxurious fine dining experience with mountaintop views. And I imagine the banquet table spread is sort of like this, this fist-shaking moment towards my enemies. Ha-ha, <laughs> look what I got kind of attitude. When I'm out of the fight and on the mountaintop of God. But our experience back in 2021 told us something different. Told us something different. And so does his word. Because when you look at Psalm 23, 5, that we've read earlier, there's also Psalm 23, 4 before that. And it reads this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
This lets us know of one important thing. The table that God has prepared for you is in the valley. It's not on the mountaintop. It's in the valley. It's in your darkest loneliness place. It's in the place when your enemies are surrounding you and they're taunting you time and time again with no breaks. And it just seems like you're all alone and it seems like that, that the enemy is winning and you are in a really bad place. That is where he prepares this table. It's in the valley. It's not on the mountaintop. It's not when the battle's over. It's in the middle of it. But often, we don't notice a table. Why? Because we keep looking at the enemy. We keep looking at the enemy. It's there when you need it most, in your valley. There's a familiar story in Scripture that shows a valley, that shows a battle in a valley. And this is the story of, of David and Goliath. You're, you're probably very familiar with this. And it can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. In fact, you have your copy of God's word. You could turn to that. We're going to read a few passages from that story. But it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you don't have your copy of God's word, whether a digital copy or printed copy, we'll have this on the screen. This epic battle scene includes the Israelites' army on one hill facing the Philistine army on another hill with, guess what, a valley between them. For 40 days, the champion soldier, Goliath, from the Philistine army walked down the valley to challenge any Israelite soldier to a match. Goliath sold it as a, as a winner-takes-all sort of battle with the losing army serving the victorious army. David was the youngest of eight brothers. Eight brothers. Imagine that home wrestling match, right? The three older brothers were in Saul's army putting up with Goliath's threats. So David's the youngest brother, but three of the oldest ones were in the army of Saul, King Saul. David's father asked David to bring him some, uh, to bring some food to his brothers and also bring back a report of the battle. David arrived at the battlefield in time to hear the daily challenge from Goliath. Much attention is made of the battle between David and Goliath. And it's an, it's an, it's an incredible story, and rightfully so. However, there was another battle that David had to fight that day. It's a battle that you may not have thought of, or maybe you missed it because it was really, a lot of the attention was on David and Goliath. And we, we pretty much know how, how that ended. But there was another battle in the valley that day that David had to fight. And the battle was over his identity. His identity. What is the evidence of this sort of lesser known battles? We find this in 1 Samuel 17. Start reading at verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? He's reminding him that he's just a nobody. You're just a shepherd. 
I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David says this, now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same manner, and the men answered him as before. So you have these, the oldest brother of, of these, these eight brothers, and he's speaking to the youngest brother in this way. Now listen, we, we have a lot of kids in our house, and we have older kids talking to the younger kids, a little bit of, you know, instruction, you know, or smack talk, whatever you want to call it. But this right here was, this right here was uncalled for. This is something to where David, David didn't really need this. I mean, he did, he showed no signs. He showed no signs of being conceited. He showed no signs of having an evil heart. In fact, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Your identity can be affected when people question your abilities, when people question your character, when people question your character. It messes with you. It messes with your identity when people question who you really are and your heart. They can't see inside your heart. Have you ever had people question your character? Have people question why you do certain things, or even say, hey, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what's in your heart. I know your evil intentions. It messes with your identity. And it, it's messed with mine in the past. So when this happens, do like David and ignore those people while turning your attention to the Lord and others that you trust. That's what David did. He ignored his older brother and focused his attention on other people and ultimately the Lord. And I'm going to talk about next week. We don't want to miss next week. I'm going to talk about the people who are sitting at your table. And that's what David did. But it messes with your identity when people question your character. And that's exactly what happened to David. Second thing we find in verse 31. 31 through 37. When David said, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, King Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, it went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God." The Lord has rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear and will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul, I said to David, Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Your identity in the middle of a battle can be affected when people question your ability based on your age, your status, 
or your influence or even your education. And when people look at you and say, you know, you, you, you're not really worthy of doing this. You, you can't do this. Whether you could be because you're too young or maybe you're, you're not the right status. You don't have the right influence. You, you, don't, you don't have what it takes. You don't have the right education. People will try to define you by what they assume you aren't capable of doing. This is important. People will try to define you by what they assume you aren't capable of doing. That right there is a battle. And it's all about the identity. God has given you a certain identity and he's given you abilities. And when you and I, when we listen to other people trying to define us by what we, uh, they assume we cannot do, then it affects us. So what do we do? Do what David did. David brought up other past examples of how God was faithful and God delivered him and God strengthened him. Even though he was just a, a young kid, he didn't have much strength and he didn't have much wisdom. I mean, to me, if, if, I was, if a bear came to attack the sheep, I would run. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, have, have a good time at your lunch. I'm going. I'm not going to face you. But that's not what David did. He relied upon the strength of the Lord, and he attacked it. And he used the exact same tools that he used to fight, to fight Goliath. He used slings and rocks. And that's how he defeated some of those other enemies in the past. So what does that teach us? We need to look to past examples when God was faithful and helped us through tough times. This past four months of 2021, what did Suzanne and I do? We looked past we look to other examples of how God has delivered us and how God was faithful in the tough times. When do we have tough times? We had lots of seasons of tough times. Doubling our family, adoption, that was tough. We loved all six kids, but merging all of them together into one unit at the same time was very difficult, but God gave us strength. Church planting, God gave us strength and continues to give us strength. It continues to speak to us. And so during that season, we looked past of how God was faithful. That's what we learned. So when the battle rages, look to how God was faithful. Look to how God is faithful because there are times in your life that you should be able to point to how God is faithful. And now, Susanna, I can even say, hey, we could look to this past moment or these past few months and say, look how he has been faithful and he continues to be faithful and near us. And again, I'm going to talk more about that next week and the week after that. So, the identity war with David. The battle, the other battle, was his identity, over his identity, and it was about what others thought of him and about his age or his status or influence, how, how, they, how they looked at him. And then the last thing we see, we're gonna see this in verse 38 through 40. 
And it says this, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with the sling in his hand, approached the Philistine, the giant, Goliath. Um, we will have a tendency with our identity. And let me tell you, your identity will be questioned in the middle of a battlefield. I'm just saying, personal experience. Your worth in Christ will be questioned. In a battle like that, in a battle that, that many battles that we face, there's often two battles. The battle that's going on the outside and the battle that's going on on the inside. And so, your identity will be questioned. Your worth will be questioned. And you're going to want to try to be someone you're not. That's what David, that's what Saul was trying to put David. Saul was trying to make David like Saul. Hey, here's my, here's all my armor. Here's my sword. Here's my helmet. I mean, Saul was tall. The Bible talks about that in another passage. Saul stood at the head, head higher than, than uh, most every man in Israel. And so David's like, okay, this isn't going to work. He said, that I can't do this. So he took it all off, and he went with what he knew and, and how God enabled him. Can I tell you something? I don't care. I don't care how many times you've been to church or what age you, you became a Christian or what you've done in your life, God has enabled you with certain abilities, with his strength, by coming to the table, by coming to his table. Yes, you need the strength. You need the rest. Okay? You need the focus of the table. But God has enabled you with certain abilities to confront those battles that are on the outside and the battles that are on the inside. You don't need to become like someone else. You don't need to fight those battles like someone else. Now, it's okay to read books. We read books. Susanna and I read books. We've read lots. We talked to lots of people. And again, I'm talking about that next week. Who's at your table? You don't want to miss that. <laughs> it's, it's real, next week's message is really the, the, the nucleus of, of why God wanted me to talk about this. You don't want to miss next week. But, but the people that God was sitting, was, was sitting at a table we went to them time and time again. We read books, and it's good to see how God speaks through those people. But let me tell you something. You don't need to fight battles the way other people fight battles in their abilities, in their skills. You need to fight battles with the skills and abilities that God has given to you. God has given to you. So we may say, well, you know, I've seen on movies how, you know, people fight battle with prayer and they, and they, and they yell and they scream and they say devil and they talk directly to the devil and, and they're, they're um, very uh, voices, you know, they're just loud. 
I, I don't really pray like that. Guess what? That's okay. You don't have to pray like that. You don't have to pray like that. I mean, Jesus, when he calmed the storm, he, he got out of the boat, was awakened by the disciples, so he's, you know, kind of realized, okay, there's a storm here. Hey, peace, be still. I don't think he yelled that. I think it's opposite of what he was trying to do. He was bringing peace. You don't yell peace. Peace, be still. Can you fight your battles by saying a, a prayer like that? Can you fight a battle on your knees and just quietly? And as, as long as you are praying and connected with God and the distractions are out, I don't care if it's like that or you're running around the room or dancing. My grandpa, my papa, when he would pray, he would dance. He would literally dance. Now, I'm not talking like a TikTok dance. Okay? I'm talking about he would, he would dance on the serpent's head, just like the Bible. And he would rebuke the devil, and he would run around, and he would dance. People call it cutting a jig, getting jiggy with it with Jesus, I guess. I don't know. But that's how he prayed. I don't dance when I pray. I just don't. But I pray like the way God has wired me. And I face those battles. I come to the table. I come to the table. And your table is going to look different than my table. Your table will have things different on it that appeal to you. He's not going to make you come to him with strength and, and get something to be someone you're not. Make you eat something you don't want to eat. He's going to draw you to his table and to fight the battle the way he has wired you to be. Don't try to become someone you're not. Okay? Don't try to become, oh, I've got to become more spiritual. Got to have this outward appearance like I'm, I'm more spiritual. No, you don't. Now, you need to be right with the Lord. You need to come before him and confess your sins. Say, Lord, let your Holy Spirit move in my life, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm, I'm, I'm filled with, with sin and I'm, I'm shame and, and I'm sorry for that. But, but God, fill me with your strength. And however he wants you to fight the battle, whatever your table looks like, it is for you. You don't need to try to become someone you're not. So, when you face a battle, you have the battle of the outside forces and you have the battle on the inside. And those inside forces will mess with your identity based upon what others think of you or say about you falsely, what they may say that you're not capable of doing. And then also, the enemy will say, well, you need to fight the battle in this certain way. God has given you those abilities, so use that with confidence. And as I close, let me say this. The table is not meant for you to stay in the valley, but walk through it. Did you see in the, in the passage, yea, do I walk what? Through the valley of the shadow of death. 
Yedo will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It didn't say, Yedo, I sit and somber in the valley of the shadow of death. Build a house, stay here a while. No. God doesn't want you to stay there. Yea, they'll walk through the valley. David wrote Psalm 23 towards the end of his life. Trust me, he has been through several valleys. He has been through very dark times. And guess what? God brought him through it. Yea, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So let me ask you this. Are you, are you trying to do life without coming to the table? Are you trying to face things in your life without coming to the table of God through prayer, through scripture? His table is there. He has already prepared it for you. In the middle of your battle. And guess what future battles you're going to face. He's going to prepare a table for you. In the presence of your enemies. And that table is for you to bring your focus to him. So you stop focusing on the enemies. That table is to bring you strength. And that table is to provide rest for your weary soul. Don't try to fight your enemies. Don't try to fight the battle. Without sitting or coming to the table, but you got to come to the table. In my time of prayer this morning, we have prayer time at, at 1030 right here. Everyone's invited before the service. There are people praying, walking around, and I was just laying my head on the altar this morning just praying. So, Lord, you gave me this message, but, but, but speak something else to me. And this is what he said to me. There are people who try to set their own table. There are people who try to set their own table in front of their enemies. Well, I know how to do this. I, I know how to fight this battle. I'll take care of it. I know how to rest. I know how to draw strength. I know how to do this. I'll just, I'll just man up and I'll take care of it myself. Uh, stop. This is the word from the Lord for somebody here or watching now or later. Stop trying to prepare your table by yourself. You're not the one who prepares the table. God prepares the table. God prepares the table and the presence of your enemies. And as you walk through the valley, and that table is in the valley, and as you walk through it, you get strength, you get rest, you bring the focus right where the focus needs to be, and that is on God and God alone. So are you ready to come to the table? Are you ready to come to the table here today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we focus in on what God wants to do in our time here today, and whether you're sitting here watching live or you're watching online live or watching later, it doesn't matter. This, this message can, can give you hope and it can give you direction. And so I really feel like there, there are people who they're, they're trying to face a battle on their own. And they haven't come to the table of God. And, and they haven't realized that the table is there. They're, they haven't realized because they are focused so much on the enemy. They're focused so, so much on the battle. But God's like, no, focus on me. Sit at the table with me. I will give you strength. I will give you rest. 
and I will help fight your battles. But you have to come to the table. You got to come to the table. Maybe there's people in your life that you know, a family member, a friend who's fighting battles right now. Maybe battles of sickness. Maybe relationships. Going through some really tough times. And we'll talk a little bit more about this week. But maybe God is telling you to sit at their table. Maybe God is telling you to help fight their battles with them. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond today. So in just a moment, the band is going to sing and play. And the altar is going to be open. I'm going to be here. There will be some elders here as well to pray with you. Or you can come pray by yourself. It doesn't matter. But this altar is open so you can come to the table. The table God has prepared for you. Or maybe there's someone in your life that you need to step in and say, God, I'm here to step in for them. To be in the gap for them. To come to the table. Maybe you need to pray for them. Whoever God's laid on your heart. So in this moment, in this time, altar's open, band's going to play, let's sing together, let's pray together, and let's let the table be opened for you to come. It's here, ready to receive you.